All right, mate, man. Yeah, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Did you see the, the game last night? What game? <laughs> prefer not to talk about that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no knowledge of the game. All right. Uh, well, today we're going to be continuing our uh, Bearing Fruit series, and uh, today is called Not Needed Loved. And um, we're just kind of looking at the idea of what Martha forgot, or what she didn't realize. She didn't realize it, but what we forget. Um, and before Luke 10, where's, where Martha's pulling a Martha, where she's serving the tables, Jesus had already done a bunch of miracles, right? Like he'd heal people, he'd cast out demons, he'd calm storms, he'd raise the dead, and he'd fed thousands. Uh, in the Old Testament, Jesus is the God who provided manna for the millions of Israelites in the Exodus. He commanded ravens to feed Elijah, uh, and he's the creator and sustainer of the entire universe. So this is who Jesus is. Mm. Um, she didn't know that. We know it, but we forget it's true, and we end up pulling Martha's. Mm. So at first, this can be a little bit difficult for us to embrace, but this is what it, this is what needs to be said. Uh, we are not needed, we're loved. Mm. So why do you think it is that we like to feel needed, though? Well, I, th- I mean, ultimately, I think it's pride. Mm. Um, I remember being in Bible college, and um, one of the, the teachers, I'm not sure, well, I'm, I'm not going to go into that, but he, uh, I remember him standing up in uh, chapel one day and, and saying, you know, like, God needs you. Mm. He needs you. He he can't do it without yeah. you and things like that. Yeah. I remember just sat there with my theological biblical hat on thinking, mate, that's not true. <laughs> you know, it's just that it sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to feel we want to feel needed, don't we? Yeah. Everybody wants to be appreciated in some way. Yeah. I mean we want to belong, which is which is how we're created. Yeah. We want to have an identity again that's beautiful and a purpose. Mm-hmm. But when it's gone too far and we and we feel like we're the necessary, we're needed. And I, I've been told that too, and I think I've probably even preached this whole idea of like God needs you. Um, your country needs you. Your God needs you. But regardless of how we feel about it, um, we're not actually needed. So we'll go through a, a few things about what God doesn't actually need. Um, and just see that this is a biblical position. Mm, mm. So, first of all, God doesn't need our sacrifices, whether that's Old Testament animal sacrifices or New Testament sacrifices. Um, and in, in Psalm 50, actually, God basically tells the people of Israel, I don't I don't need anything from, from you. Um, you got that, Psalm 50, verse 10 to verse yeah. 12. Right, verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in all its fullness. Yeah, so we know those verses really well, but actually the context of Psalm 50 is God saying to them, like, you think that I need, you think you're like purchasing my my pardon. Like, I need these sacrifices and that's why you're able to appease me through your sin because like, oh, it's okay though because you're sacrificing to me and I, I really need those. And God's saying here, I actually don't need anything from you. Uh, God's second of all, he doesn't need our praise. Um, Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. Isaiah 6 and Revelation pictures an innumerable angelic host worshiping God, holy, 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 mm-hmm. singing it far better than you and I could ever sing it, right? Yeah. Um, and then you think about the scenario where the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> um, what is it we call the, the triumphal, triumphant entry? Yeah. It wasn't exactly the triumphant entry, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't in, in fullness, was it? But just um, you know, trying to hush people from shouting, he says, "Listen, if these people yeah. stop shouting, the rocks are going to cry." Yeah, <laughs> we don't really need the praises of these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we get that in our minds, like, oh, he need, like, we need someone. We we would probably need someone, but 
God isn't like, oh, I really need that person who's like mm. the perfect singer. Um, third, God doesn't actually need our service. So mm. Paul, uh, when he's in Athens, he explains to his audience that God is the source and sustainer of life. Um, and he doesn't need anything. So you've got Acts 17, verse 24 to 25. Yeah, it says, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Right, so he doesn't need to be worshipped. He doesn't need to be served. He doesn't need a temple. He existed long before any of these things. So if he if he needed those things and men were providing for it. That, that doesn't make any sense. God's God was before all this. Um, and since he's the creator of man, he needs nothing from man, um, which is foreign from the other gods of this this pagan mythology because they didn't actually make man. They were made, so they needed, mm. they needed a relationship with mm. man. And then uh, finally, God doesn't need our obedience. And um, we'll not go there, but in Job 20 and 30, 20, 22 and 35, um, they're speaking and they're like, he doesn't need your righteousness. He's not affected by your sin in the mm. sense of like he himself, his person, mm. and he's not affected by your righteousness. Like it doesn't actually do anything to God if we're sinful or if we're if we're um, righteous because he's transcendent in that sense. Mm. And C.S. Lewis puts it like this in The Problem of Pain. He says, God has no needs. He can give good, but he cannot need or get it. Mm. In that sense, and it, it, this is why he tells us it's good news. In that sense, his love, as it were, is bottomly selfless by very definition. It has everything to give and nothing to receive. So it's actually really good news that you're loved and not needed. It's 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 it, at first it hurts our pride, hmm. but it's really freeing to actually embrace this reality. Yeah, and if, if it's if it's not true and it's up to us and and we are as integral to all of this as we're made to believe at times. Now, mm. now, of course, we're integral in the sense of not us, then who? Mm. I, I get that principle. But in terms of the actual power and the actual working, yeah. it's God who gives the increase. But when we, if, if we really believe our own hype, yeah. then that's it's actually bad news. Because yeah. we, like, like I'm the worst Christian that I know. <laughs> like genuinely. Yes, yeah, same. Because I can't, yeah. I can't see your heart. I can't see, you yeah. know, I don't know the things that you struggle with internally. I don't know mm-hmm. your besetting sins, but I know mine. Yeah. So it's like, if it's up to me, bad news. Yeah, yeah. You know you 24-7. Yeah. So yeah, if God did have needs, I know that I could never meet them because of my sinfulness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because of my weaknesses and my li- limitedness. Yeah. I So if he had needs and it was a, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, no mm-hmm. one's going to get their back scratched yeah. then. Because I, I, I can't scratch his back. Yeah. And, and if he's only going to scratch mine if I scratch his, then... I'm getting, I'm getting nothing from God. Yeah, and then I'd probably procrastinate on trying to scratch his. <laughs> right, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So God's lack of need means that he can pour his love upon us freely and generously. In other words, uh, he can give us grace. So hmm. does that mean that we no longer, because we don't have to serve, or because, because God doesn't need our service or our obedience or our praise, does that mean we shouldn't give it to him? Hmm. No, of course not, no. No, um, I mean, because God is intrinsically glorious. We, we talked about that in girth groups a few weeks back, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Because God is intrinsically glorious. It means that he has glory in and of himself. So whether I give him glory or not, he'll always be glorious. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he still doesn't desire 
yeah. glory. Yeah. He still desires that for me. And that's, and, and you know, according to, like you said, Revelation 4, that's our purpose. Mm-hmm. You are worthy to give glory, uh, to receive glory and honor and power for you've created all things and for your pleasure they are and were created. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, so it's not, oh, he doesn't need me, so I'm not going to be involved. It's, mm-hmm. I'm going to be involved, but I know he doesn't need me. And what that does is it changes our understanding and perspective mm-hmm. of what it looks like to actually serve and praise and obey him. Yeah. It, it shifts from duty to praise, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like you said the other day, to worship, you know, mm-hmm. from yeah. works to work, work to even worship. though he doesn't need That's it. it. Yeah. 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 And I, it reminded actually, this morning I was reading, I, I'm in Esther at the moment in my quiet time in mm-hmm. Esther chapter four today, and Mordecai says to her, Hey, if if you don't do this, God will just raise up someone else to rescue us. Like God's gonna rescue the Jews, but if if you don't get on on this, you you're actually not needed, Esther. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. God will find someone else. Yeah. You know, yeah. like even Esther, like he God didn't need her. God mm. he wanted to use her, but she wasn't necessary in that sense. Mordecai told her like. You know, reality check, Esther. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we go, we're going to go and, and see this perspective in First Chronicles twenty nine. David um, has this whole mindset: God doesn't need me, but I get I get to be part of what God's doing. Hmm. So it's First Chronicles twenty nine, and uh, David, of course, is um, preparing for the temple being built in Jerusalem. He's not allowed to build it, but he's preparing for it. Not that God needs a temple, remember? Mm-hmm. We've we seen that in Acts. Um, and what David's done is he's gathered the leaders of the tribes of Israel together, and he begins by describing what he's given towards the temple. Um, so verse 2 to verse 5 of First Chronicles 29, he's like, he's given heaps <coughs> of stuff, like gold and silver. Have you yeah. got you got it there? Like the stuff yeah, yeah, he I've gives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it says, now for... Uh, the house of my God I've prepared with all thy might, with all my might. Sorry, slipped in Elizabeth in English. Now. <laughs> with with all my might, gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, um, of various colors, all kinds of precious stone, and marble slabs in abundance. Um, yeah, and he, he goes on, doesn't he? he? Talks about the special treasure uh, yeah. of, of the of the gold and silver, three thousand talents of gold in, in verse four, uh, of, of Ophir, seven thousand talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the, of the houses, and then just speaks of gold and silver in abundance after that. Yeah. yeah. So this is, I mean, this is tons of stuff, and then in verse five, he asks the the, the leaders, and what are you guys going to give? Right. Mm-hmm. Verse six to verse eight, they give tons of stuff as well Mm -hmm. so this is like david and the leaders of israel are given i think when we met with the church we talked about elephants just to try and visualize it (laughs) like like it was like hundreds of elephants worth of of iron and gold and silver and wood um so but but look what happens in verse 9 as they're given so what what does verse 9 say there says then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly Right. Because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. So they're joyfully given. This is joyful sacrifice, right? And and how come they're so joyful? How come it's they're full of praise towards God? And we'll get we'll just pay close attention to what happens here. So we're gonna read a few verses. So it's it's uh first chronicles again, twenty nine, just to get this is so important. We get verse uh verse ten onwards, and I might interrupt you as you read. Okay. All right. I'll try to be prepared. Um, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory. 
the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Right, so everything's yours. Mm-hmm. Have everything on this and this earth belongs to you already, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Right. It's all yours. Anything I have, anything these leaders have is actually already yours. Mm. Yeah. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is it is to make to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And this is, this this is humility, the bit. Isn't this it? is the bit. Yeah. Who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to offering so willingly as this? So who am I that we get to be part of this? Mm. You don't need. You don't need any of this. You you own it all. Everything we have is yours. Everything we don't have is yours. Who on earth are we that we get to be part of this? We're able to be able to to be part of what you're doing on this earth. That's their whole mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, he, and then it keeps going, yeah. He says, for all things come from you. Said it again. And of your own we have given to you. So yeah. we're only giving what you've given to us. Yeah. Yeah. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Yeah, yeah. And then have you got verse 16 there as well? Yeah. Aren't you? Yep. Oh, Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like four times he said, it's all yours, God. And we are so privileged that we get to be a part of it, which is why then there's joy. So it's not... Oh man, God needs this. God need if if we don't give, who's going to give? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not able to build this temple for the Lord, <clears throat> who's going to? That's not the mentality. David's like, you don't need this temple. You don't need this stuff. It's all yours already. Mm-hmm. And you invite us to be a part of this this privilege of being able to to give toward it. And that's why they're joyful. Then that's why they're thank they're actually thanking God for the privilege mm-hmm. of being a part of this. So this mm-hmm. is this is life changing. Um, does God need this offering from them? No. Does God delight in receiving it? Yes. Yeah. And that's the difference. You know, there was that, I asked the question at the beginning and it, it depends on what perspective we ask the question from when we say, if not us, then who? Mm. So when we say, if not us, then who, in terms of it's not going to get done if we don't do it, mm. that's the wrong perspective. Mm. Cause, cause I'm finding out that God always has a remnant. He always has a man. He yeah. always has a woman. Um, but if we look at it from, if if not us, then who, from the perspective of who's going to reap yeah. this great privilege? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not, if I don't go, God, that means that God can't actually, you know, God's so limited that he needs me. It's, if I don't go, someone else gets this. I'm going to miss out on this blessing. <laughs> the blessing yeah. of being part of it, even. Yeah. Not the bless, not necessarily the blessing of, of reaping the reward after doing it. But the reward of actually being able to being do it. Being part of God's yeah. eternal work. That's yeah. like David's not saying here, Lord, thank you so much that I get to give to you. And then because of that, you're going to like give something to me. He's like, I get to give. That's the reward itself is I get mm. to give. That's great, yeah. So just a few things. Uh, God delights to hear the prayers of his people. Proverbs 15 verse 8. He delights in his people being fair and just. Proverbs 11 verse 1. He delights in them being obedient. Proverbs 11 20. He delights in his people speaking the truth. Proverbs twelve twenty two, he delights in his people giving generously. Philippians four eighteen, he delights in them obeying his commandments. That's First John three twenty two, Colossians one ten, Hebrews thirteen twenty one. Mm-hmm. So God does delight in us serving and obeying and, and giving, but he doesn't need it. Um, and again, you're not needed; you're loved. So 
we, we're called to give back to God as an expression of our love and our gratitude for all he's done for us. Mm. And this is what he actually delights in. So he didn't ever need Martha to serve both times because, you know, he, he's feeding the 5,000 mm. and he could have done it in that Bethany situation too. Mm. But he delights in that second time Martha's doing it because she's responding. Yeah. To, yeah. to his grace something that you said I'm, I'm actually i'm not sure if you said it or if, or if um i just wrote this down but i'm sure the holy spirit was in it um <laughs> it says cheerful gratitude in response to his glory and his grace man it's good yeah and that's yeah. that's the key isn't it yeah so and and that's why david is able to be joyful as he gives mm. because if you read through first chronicles 29 how 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 high he views God. Yeah. You're the eternal one. You're the great God, mm-hmm. and I get to be a part of it. So he's he's cheerful in God, thankful for all that God's done in his life, mm-hmm. and he's grateful to get to be a part of this. Um, so whatever we offer, the perfect eternal God will always fall far short of who He is. Mm-hmm. But He does delight to receive it from us as our hearts are filled with love and gratitude. Great. So yeah. it'll still fall short. But he delights in it when it's filled, when it's a heart that's filled with him, that gives back to him. He doesn't actually take delight in it mm. when we're begrudgingly serving. Oh, I have to go out and do the youth club again. I have to yeah, go yeah. to the prayer meeting. I have to be there on Sunday. I have to preach. Mm. That God is not honored by a heart that has to. He's honored by a heart that says, I get to. I get to be part of this. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a little a little tweak that, that I've tried to make in, in my life and my relationship with, with Amanda and, and, and make no mistake about it. Sometimes when we talk about our relationships and our marriage, we, we sugarcoat it and we make it sound like there aren't struggles. There are struggles in, yeah. in every marriage and it's not like, you know, all um, yeah. easy. Mm. But but something something that um, I'm, I'm working at is, so so when, when, when Amanda gets, gets home from, from work, I'm usually here by the time she gets home and trying to have things ready when she gets home. Not because I'm afraid that she's like going to shout me or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but I'm actually I'm 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 learning rather than rather than doing it because I want to save face, mm. doing it because like I I want to see a smile on her face you, when she comes yeah, in. You do, you want to delight your wife. I, I yeah. want her to feel like she knows that I love her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not a hey, I did that for you. So later mm-hmm. on, you know, it's a. I just want to freely give as my God. Yeah, is I, freely I, I want her to yeah. be happy. I want her to, to experience joy, you know, and yeah. have a part in that process. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. So so Martha, she wasn't needed. She was loved. Jesus actually said, like it says, Jesus loved her. Um, and she learned to serve Christ as a response to his power and compassion. Mary's oil wasn't needed. She was loved and she sacrificed to Christ again as a response to all that he'd given her. David's giving here in the temple wasn't needed. He was loved. Uh, David gave to God as a response to who God is and all that God had done for him. Who am I that I get to? Um, so again, responding to the fact that they're loved. Um, and your service, your sacrifice, your giving, your obedience, and your praise to Christ is not needed. Mm. It has to be a response to his grace and glory in your life. And only then will your service and praise and obedience be a joyful and fruitful thing. It'll be you'll, 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 You will take joy in it. God will delight in it. And it'll actually bless others around you. And it'll and it'll therefore be a fruitful endeavor rather than the pulling of Martha that we've mm. been looking at. Mm. So how does that free us, Matt? Um, wrapping it all up here. How does this concept of not being needed but being loved free us to really start living out this reality? Well, I mean, for one, just on a very practical level, um, it, it frees me up from everything being upon me when I know I'm not capable of producing the goods. Mm. 
So I know how unreliable and unfaithful I am. I know how sinful I can be at times. And if I view um, the work of God as if some, as if it's something that I'm responsible for, mm. like like what I do has a bearing on whether or not God gets glory. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that that that's that's debilitating. Yeah. It's like um, like paralyzing it's too much pressure it is, on, a, yeah. on a human yeah so, so, so knowing that it's not up to me it's um it's freeing um to trust to trust in god it it, it increases your faith because mm-hmm. it requires you to trust it, it um but it also enables you to rest in the middle of labor that's the big thing yeah yeah so yeah. So, so as you're working you're not working thinking it's all dependent on you you're actually and we're going back to last week mm. we're serving because of not in order to yeah yeah, and that that is liberating. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, and and it, I think it produces humility. Yeah, as a result of all that. You yeah, know? yeah. It's it's kind of like if I know it's not all up to me, then I'm not going to play a power card. Yeah, you that's I mean? yeah. You yeah, you're not you're, you're able to hold everything more lightly. You mm-hmm. know, not that you. It's I mean, the worst thing would be for people to listen to this and say, "Oh, I'm not going to do anything." Then, then you've missed it. You, then you're Esther saying, "I'm not going to be the one." Yeah, yeah totally <laughs> and Mordecai's right. like, "Fine, I, well, someone else." But mm-hmm. um. The balance is is to there's there's a balance on all of it. So it's not all oh, I'll not do anything then, no, no, or no, well, I want to do everything, and it's it's all depend on me. There's that sweet, beautiful balance of filling your heart with Christ to the overflow of then just being so grateful to be part of of mm. what He's doing, and not not just part of what He's doing in the sense of like the programs of the church, although that's that's a part of it, but like just being mm. a blessing to the world around mm. you at, at home or at, at work or in the community. Because you're filled up with Jesus and then responding to that by blessing others. Because God doesn't need us, but people actually do. Like, mm. people need us. And, and I need people. And we, and the church needs itself. Like, we're needy people who right, need each yeah, other. Yeah. But and, and so when I when God doesn't need me and he's, I go to him to be filled up, and then I can really serve and bless those who actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that they just, they need me and I don't need them. It's... We yeah. need each other. <laughs> yeah. No, in, in terms of kind of church ministry, the way that might look is, in theory, let's just say that um, that there were multiple people who felt led to be part of teaching Sunday school. Right. Right. And we've had one Sunday school teacher for years, mm-hmm. let's say. And and that one Sunday school teacher was like, man, I don't want to let this go. This is mine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is my ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm needed here. Like I, this, this ministry is going to fall apart if I'm not teaching. Yeah. You can apply it to any ministry of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, well, it, it can't function without me. Yep. That yep. mindset. Yeah. And then to, it's it's actually freeing to realize that, like, like God is glorious, right? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And I can't do either of those things in my own strength. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. And, and so when when we flip that and we say, all right, I want God to work through me. Mm-hmm then now I understand that it's not going to fall apart without me because yeah. it's God's work and it's not my yeah. work. Yeah, it's it, like we're like in Acts, it's the unstoppable mission of Christ yeah. and it will not be stopped just because you no longer are, are part of it. Mm. Um, and if you're, you know, you, you do something happens to you, you're not able to actually do the ministry anymore or you're you're out for six weeks because of some sickness or whatever, it's like, okay, God God will bring deliverance yeah. <laughs> through yeah, someone right. else. Yeah. Um, and then it, and it's, a, it's such a sweet, liberating, freeing, joyful experience to mm. then serve. Man, I get to be part of what God's doing in, in my family, in my community, in this church. Um, what a beautiful view. Um, 
No, and I, I confess in time as we wrap it up, like I don't always live like that's true. Sometimes I do still live like I'm, I'm necessary, and uh, those are my, those are my darker moments. Those are my moments where I, I do, I do ministry begrudgingly. Mm. Um, I'm not doing it joyfully. Um, I'm doing it because I have to, and and mm. it's it sucks the life out of all of it, and mm. it's not life giving, and it's not life receiving. It's just life sucking, and. Um, mm. But when I when I remember when I get when I st- when I remember oh I'm pulling the Martha here gotta repent gotta r- run to Christ <laughs> uh, yeah. fill my heart with Him then it becomes a beautiful thing again so That's yeah, great, man, yeah yeah we're gonna get this wrong but we have grace for those moments too oh man yeah and, and it's all up to God right yep yeah, yeah. nice one all right man next week again yep. <laughs>